Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host Maxine and we're on episode 162. I'm so tired of working. I'm so tired of working. <laughs> Not this. I love doing this. I love doing this. I love preparing for this. I love scripting out just the agenda for every episode. But when it comes to my job, job... And I think for me, what irks me the most is I think my introverted side comes out more than I want it to. And what I mean by that is sometimes or a lot of the times, I just don't want to be bothered. I don't don't bother me. I don't I don't want to be bothered by you. I don't want you to be like, miss, what am I doing right now? Or miss, I finished. I don't even, I don't want you to talk to me. And I feel like obviously with my profession and in the role that I'm playing in this field of education, I can't, I can't have that right to say just don't speak to me right don't get me wrong there are some times when I'm in my class I'm like look don't speak to me today here's what y'all doing don't say don't say two words to me but I do it in a way where it's like it's just a part of my personality like it's not like I'm mad at you it's just like just just stay over there I'm over here right um I think though you know I, I am grateful that I'm at a location where that type of attitude is acceptable because I remember at a previous school that I worked at I couldn't be my whole self like I I would be damned if I even uttered those words even in a jokingly manner so I am grateful for where I am now but I'm just like sitting in this cesspool of always being wanted and needed every second of the day and the introvertedness of me comes out and is like look I just want a second to myself you know already within the schedule of the day it's not like we have an hour lunch per se Um, like during lunch hours, right, 11 or 12. And if you do want an hour lunch, you have to wait until you're um, off class, like you're off period. So the time, a class period in which you don't have a class to teach, which is typically called your planning period. Like as if every planning, as if every time there's no class for you to teach, you're planning something. It's like, no, nigga, I'm I'm watching a show. I'm catching up with Selling Sunset, nigga. Like, I, I'm not planning right now. I planned. The, it's being executed. Okay? So, I just want a moment to myself six hours in the workday. Is that too much? Like, hello? Is that too much to ask for? I, when I eat my lunch, right, I have to make sure I lock my door because... I'm going to get bombarded with somebody, something, some, somewhere. And it's like, it's not even anybody's fault at the end of the day. It's not like you shouldn't want to get aid from me, right, to make sure your grade is higher. Or, or it's not even just moments like that. It's like, oh, you know, you 
you develop strong relationships with with people and so they feel comfortable enough to want to talk to you real quick outside of class time and it's it's honorable right if you want to get into the mushy gushy stuff it's it's lovely it's an honor that you that you revere me enough to want to even spend time with me i, I really do find it as a privilege and i get let's get to the shitty part right let's get the, the shitty part is i just want to be alone right and it has nothing to do with you i think sometimes when you work um in an environment where it's quote unquote liberal there's this expectation to always be happy to always be positive this whole toxic positivity that is rampant in liberal workplaces it, it's actually it's actually abusive at this point right like how many times do i have to say good morning to you when i pass you in the hallway can we can we can we get a count? Can we meet our maximum time to to say good morning? Like every time I see you, I have to make eye contact and say hello and hey, what you got there for lunch? Like we always got to do this dumbass small talk. I don't want to speak right now. And again, it has nothing to do. I'm just like in my zone. I just want to be by myself. And I feel like sometimes when um when one's introverted self makes an appearance more often than not or maybe makes an appearance that's inconvenient to others there's this personal attack that the recipient may feel as if I am purposely trying to hurt you when I am walking in my own lane heading to the microwave which I, I haven't been using the microwave in a while so woo but I'm heading to the printer. I don't I don't want to Hey, what's going on? I don't want to do that. Hello, is the mic on? Like I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Every time and look, I appreciate a comment, a compliment. Don't get me wrong. And this sounds like very much braggadocious. Like, damn, bitch, like you think you all that it really does but I get a lot of compliments as far as like I dress well I like to dress well I like to be stylish I like to be trendy I like to display myself in a manner that is just attractive for me like it makes me feel good I really live by the motto of when you look good you feel good and so that's really my like that's my motivation every morning or even like before you know before I rest and get ready for the next day um I always think to myself like okay what am I what do I visualize myself wearing the following day what am I in the mood for to wear and you know that just gets me going it motivates me but in doing so it conflicts with my introverted self that that makes an appearance because I'm always met with compliments. Now, humbly, I, I I appreciate. I appreciate a compliment, but every fucking day, you like every outfit? <laughs> you like every outfit. I look good to you every day. Like, damn, like what's going on? I remember um <laughs> I had to tell this coworker um a while ago. And he he stopped. He listened, which I appreciate. Like he listens and he stops, right? 
Um, but I had to tell him, can you stop? Like, can you, <laughs> can you stop commenting on my physical? It wasn't even like it was a compliment. Like, no, he was complimenting me, but it was like everything I did, he noticed. Everything I did. And then, you know, to the average, not average woman, but like, you know, in the movies, there's this like longing for women to to um, have their man um, recognize their their new hair color or their new hairstyle. And wow, I love your shoes. Like there's this longing for that, according to what the media presents. Right. As for me, though. I look I appreciate don't get me wrong but I'm never going to here's the thing about me I'm never going to ask you do I look good I, absolutely not absolutely not I'm never going to ask you do I look good today do you think I look good in this do I look fat in this I'm never go you will never hear that from me ever in your life do you hear me why Maxine why is that such a, it's a big deal to me because I will never give you the opportunity I'm not gonna open the door for you to possibly say something to me that could wreck my spirit that could make me double think my outfit which I won't though because I ultimately I'm pleased with myself and what I decide to wear and um and how I decide to present myself physically. But even still, I don't welcome any possibility of you saying, no, I don't like that color on you. Or no, I don't know if that's a good fit for you. Or yeah, you do look kind of big in that shirt. Like I'm not even going to allow for that conversation to even happen. So don't even catch me, like you won't even catch me asking you, do I look good? today like I know I look good I left the house knowing I look good or I could think to myself hey I'm leaving the house knowing that I didn't really put much effort behind it I'm still confident who I am yada 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 but like I'm looking kind of dusty right like either way I'm aware of my appearance leaving my residence right now and entering into this new place right so that's that now this coworker in particular, he, at one point, until I spoke to him about it, I was like, let me, let's start from again. So, um, prior to me having a conversation with him, he would always say something about anything I had on. It could be, it could be my new hairstyle. Oh, I like the braids today. Oh, I see you, you're letting your natural hair out. Oh, I like that you wear the boots. Oh, I like the style there. It's like literally every day like clockwork I could walk by him I'm like oh wow you look really nice I love that color on you it's like I, can you stop stop it and it's like I, why why do you like everything on me why do I always look good to you what <laughs> this sounds crazy right it but it was just incredibly annoying it was just like that was the basis of every conversation we had at one point. It was always starting off of what he liked about my physical appearance that day. Albeit my hair, my hairstyle, the, the shoes that I'm wearing, the color of the clothes I have on. Like, can we talk about something else? This is boring. It's boring. Like, at the end of the day, looks don't even matter. Nothing matters. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like, <laughs> so, 
like <laughs> negative but seriously it doesn't even matter like you're talking to me about something that I could easily change like it's not rooted in who I am now now I remember one day I came into work and I I knew I didn't come in with my best on right I what did I had I don't know. I just look kind of tired, I guess. Which I don't... I hate when people be like, oh, damn, you look tired. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, what? But I think I did look tired, and I think I actually was tired. But um, I just look kind of... I can't remember what I wore, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I forgot. But anyway, he made a comment. And I was like, oh, you look... Oh, are you okay? Like, you... <laughs> he was doing one of those, like... Yes, I'm fucking fine. I just hate that. Oh my gosh. And then another thing, I remember um I was wearing um and I knew I'm again, I'm aware of how I am presenting myself, not just physically, but like in all capacities. I I'm aware of how how I may come across. I'm very I'm very reflective almost to a a, a, a fault. Um but at the I, I know myself, right? And so you telling me something I already picked up on it I already wrote water down I already spoke to myself about it in the car like it's already been said by me um one time I went to work and I have this um this top that is sleeveless and it's a thick textured top um and I happen to have a bra on because, you know, I don't, I don't be wearing bras. I only wear if I really, really have to because I know my nipples be always OD hard for no fucking reason. Can you relax? Can you? Re- it's like I'm not even horny. I'm not even hot. Like, what else will get your nipples hard? Like, I'm <laughs> just always fucking hard. Like, nothing's wet going. Like, stop. It's really annoying because sometimes I just want to wear not sometimes all the time I just want to wear my my tops with no bras on and not have to worry about these these shooters <laughs> on my on my breast those these just these laser beams going at you anyway this one time I actually happened to wear a bra because I was like you know what I'm just fucking wear one I'm wearing a white top I don't want to be too but I don't give a fuck like it's it's my body like why is this being sexualized anyway so I happened to wear a bra and because it's a sleeveless top and the way that the sleeves are like cut off, um, you could see my my bra. Like you could see, and it's a black bra. It's not even like a lacy, you know, <laughs> looky here, touch this place. It's not like that. It's just a fucking bra. You could see like just the side of it. And so we're in the teacher's lounge and he's talking like, oh, miss, not miss, but like he calls me by my last name. He, he walks up to me like very like oh my gosh like I, I gotta tell you something he's like you do you know like your, your brush your brush showing right there yes I fucking know this like okay and are you okay with it are you uncomfortable that my bra is showing right is everybody in a call should I make an announcement my bra is showing you guys in this outfit I don't give a fuck like I I'm aware. You think I don't know this? Like, I don't, like, just those moments. Like, do you not think I don't know this? It'll be one thing if I, like, I was walking in, in, you know, walking out of the bathroom and I had toilet tissue on my feet and on my shoes, under my shoes, and I didn't know that. Okay, sure, right? Or maybe there's a stain, right? 
right on my butt crack and I didn't realize it okay cool but other than that I I'm aware that my bra is showing it's okay we're we're all going to be okay okay all right let's get into this topic so let's get into ready to love reunion part one episode that came out recently and look I get why joy turned off a lot of people from this episode don't get me wrong I do get it I just feel like so what because what I'm hearing from this um from a lot of the the feedback um that I'm seeing and just the lot of just the commentary around joy in this reunion part one episode is that joy is not a girl's girl she's not a girl's girl right she does she's not one of the girls she doesn't hang out with the girls like that fuck girls (laughs) hello is the mic on fuck girls let's start there let's start let's start the fuck there like i don't care this explains why i have 77 percent of male listeners shout out to y'all no but look i have never been the type to be like oh just because you're a woman just because you're a girl i'm gonna be your friend i'm going to like you or we gotta stick together or boys versus girl I never understood the whole gender war um like even growing up I know we did it for fun right you know you play tug of war in the gym okay do the boys versus girls it's like it's the easy divider right but aside from that I don't <clears throat> I don't make friendships off of gender um I realize that I don't necessarily make friendships in support of how am I saying this what I'm saying is like I typically feel more comfortable and more inclined to spend time with men hello I typically do I find myself Ooh, this is kind of transparent right now but I find myself uh excited or desiring that attention i guess that's hey i'm being honest hello because what i'm attracted to men right just like a man would like to be in the company of women let's be fucking honest a man would like to be in the company of women you know of women right because you are if you, considering you're heterosexual you're attracted to women you want to be in the company of beautiful women that's how i feel about men <laughs> i like to be in the company of men and it's not even like i'm i'm trying to fuck right or i don't say that but it's not like that right it's just i like to know that I am attractive to you. Ooh, this is transparent. No, I mean, I think there's just something to it. It's just like naturally. I've always like flocked to that because I appreciate that, that attention in the sense. Now, 
let's talk about like women and female relations relationships and friendships overall in my experience with girls growing up um you know stemming back from elementary school high school undergrad workplace like I oftentimes meet women not all women because I do have valuable quality good spirited positive female friends so I am appreciative of them and I do rec I see you I see y'all we see each other okay but the other girls (laughs) let's get into those the other girls I I come across a trend of of women who are haters, like just intrinsically haters, intrinsically catty, intrinsically not really happy for you, waiting to hear you and your man broke up. Oh yeah, he wasn't shit anyway. Instantly calling something negative out of you. Instantly just demonstrating their miserable ass. Now, I'm going to say something that sounds very strange because I am an Aquarius. Okay? That is my zodiac sign. I have recognized historically I don't fuck with Aquarius women. (laughs) Hello? It's the mic And it's more of like, I don't, it's hard to explain until you are, unless you are an Aquarius woman. Like there is a vibe with, uh, and I'll put myself in the mix because I think that's only fair, right? But I think there's a vibe with Aquarius women that, okay, I can only speak for myself, right? I know for me, I, I'm, I'm complex, I'm complex, and I think sometimes um, the complexity of who I am, depending on your, okay, the complexity of who I am to an Aquarius woman, even though we share the same sign, even though we should have an understanding, it's going to be a typically a hit. No, it's, it's typically going to be a miss, not a hit, right? It's going to be a miss and not a hit. And I think about prior Aquarius female friendships I've had, they were just very much into themselves. (laughs) Now, again, I like to reflect on myself and put a mirror to my face and think to myself, am I a reflection of this woman? Is this why we don't get along? Am I seeing traits of her that I may not find too favorable of myself? (laughs) <laughs> it's only them. <laughs> no, but dead ass though. I think okay, I really think that there's an immaturity in um every zodiac sign. And I think there's a there's a potential to develop and to eventually develop into the mature version of that sign. Now, I know this sounds very like toot my own horn, but I do recognize that now I have developed a strong, I'm mature. I'm the mature Aquarius female. 
And there are some immature Aquarius females that I've come across. Um, and now, for example, there's one friend, former friend, um, that a uh, friendship fell out a couple of years ago now. <laughs> and she's an Aquarius woman. And what I recognize in her was that she was, I feel like the word narcissistic is being overused, but I definitely feel like there was some narcissism there. And I think with her, there was this like, just like all about me, this lack of accountability, this lack of compassion or understanding. And it eventually resulted into our friendship demise. Um, as for me in that receiving end, I was the Aquarius female who was mature in the situation, who was, who was compassionate, who was sensitive, who was understanding. And unfortunately that wasn't reciprocated. Now you may think, oh, I could just be one, just happen to be an Aquarius woman. Okay, sure. Let's fast forward to now. I'm in the presence the frequent the frequent presence of an Aquarius woman and she reminds me of this previous Aquarius female friend that I had and the similarities are so strong it's the um just lack of just self-awareness the uh just the complete lack of self-awareness and it's just an energy thing like i it's hard to explain energy until you're like literally in the direct uh just direct target of that energy and i just happen to notice like huh maybe this zodiac sign for females that happen to be the sign that i share we're just not compatible which is strange because we should be but I do find myself more compatible with earth signs like I have a Libra friend a Libra female friend and she is amazing and like we're earth signs or is that air I don't fucking know but we share something together and that is great and we just like she's very nice and understanding and kind and just like a dope person overall and a really good friend and I see that same similarity in another woman who happens to be a Libra as well and so they share that and they share the same zodiac sign so I'm like okay that's dope we get along, but yet with this Aquarius woman, it's not, it's not reciprocal. Does that make sense? And I think to myself, like, okay, well, let me always reflect on myself, right? What am I doing that may be presenting uh, some type of strife? And it's nothing, right? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I think ultimately those sometimes I know for me, um, I, I'm not quick to trust people. I'm not quick to say you're my friend. You're my, you know, da, 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 da. it takes me a while to get there. And so I'm sure this other Aquarius woman is similar in that nature. But when I'm at a place where, okay, I generally want to be there where I, I, I want and I desire friendship that other Aquarius woman may not be there yet. And so now I'm have I'm having to wait on your timeline and your unwillingness to open up, 
which I understand because I once I once was that person. Um, but being that I want quality, I am willing to like give it a shot and see. Yeah, yeah, you know. But anyway, I'm just noticing historically that has been something that I've experienced negative friendship, female friendship experiences from. So that's just interesting. But overall, though, what I what I just want to make clear, I think this expectation for women to just be on the side of women is so much pressure put on us. Like it, it's placing this unnecessary pressure. And I feel like that's just ridiculous. Uh, when I look at Joy and what took place in this reunion episode, we see Joy seemingly siding when I see it was obvious that she was siding more with the men and it seemed like she only had uh I think it was just Carmen that I could think of right now Carmen seems to be the only female on the cast whom she developed a strong friendship with seemingly and that is that makes sense in my head like I'm that girl too. Like I'm not quick to befriend everybody. You're not my friend. You're not my friend. Like I don't know you like that. I don't trust you like that. I watch the way you move with the other person. I don't know. Okay. So I'm not going to be quick to be like, you're my bestie. You're my best friend. I'm not one of those girls. And there's a lot of girls like that. I'm just not one of them. So I am understanding how joy could be friends with just one female on the cast because at the very end of the day more often than not you find more of just a weird vibe with with many women just like this weird shady I'm gonna shade you I'm gonna make you feel less than I'm gonna talk down to you or look I'm fancy you're not like a lot of this weird energy from some women that just is a trend amongst women. So naturally, because of these like poor experiences with women and girls just growing up in my day, I'm going to flock more to men, right? I'm going to flock more to men whom, hey, you may find me attractive and you may treat me a little bit nicer. Okay, like that makes me feel a little bit good than being in a group of women whom don't, care about me who don't um show genuine interest in me or you know just want to be in my presence to look like they have female friends but you're not really one like it's just weird so I fucks with joy I like that joy I don't think I don't find that to be weird what I do find to be weird is when there's a woman who is friends with everybody. Everyone's my bestie. She's my best friend. She's my best friend. She's my best friend. I know a couple of girls who are like that. And I just didn't trust those type of women because at the very end of the day, I see friendships as just, it's an energy exchange, right? Like it's a lot to develop relationships with people and to call you my best friend. Now you can have, I, I believe you can have more than one. I just think though, 
to have such strong bonds with multiple people at the same strong level. Like it doesn't even sound right. It doesn't sound realistic. It sounds like a lie. Like it sounds like you're just putting on a show. It takes a lot of energy to be friends with people. Like in my opinion, at least for me, you know, everyone's different and that's fine. But for me, it takes a lot of energy to be friends with someone like, oh, I got to get to know you. Right. I got to open up to you. I already don't trust people like that. But those who I do trust, uh, like we've we've built a bond. You've proven yourself as trustworthy and vice versa. Now I got to do it again with 10 more people. Like it's a lot. So I feel like with Joy, just having Carmen as seemingly her her close female friend from the cast, I don't find that to be an issue. Now, we see Joy siding with the men. Um, there's an example of her hugging Eric. Eric, who apparently um, inappropriately touched Dakia. Now, Dakia still hasn't revealed how he touched her. He just apparently touched her in a way that a lady shouldn't have been touched, according to what she said. Now... I'm assuming he either grabbed her from, you know, grabbed her, her, um, her breast. He grabbed her, grabbed her by the pussy or he grabbed her ass. Like, I don't know. It's only three other places. Like what could be so, what could be the issue? <laughs> but you know, of course you, you could always definitely, um, object to unwanted touch, unwanted affection, like, you know, stop. Right. Um, which look, I get it, which is why I feel like more often I think women should be the one to make that first move, um, so that the lines aren't blurry. Does that make sense? I think it's okay to maybe gesture or just literally take his hand and place it where you want it to be placed. Like, I want you to touch me there. I want you to touch me there and move your fingers like this. <laughs> Do it like that. And move your tongue this way. <laughs> Do it like that. Okay? I think that's fine. And what seems to be confusing to me as the viewer, as the third party, as the the fifth part, I'm not nowhere part of the show, but as a distant ass party, it it's uh, confusing to me because you have Dakia who did present herself as more of this forward sexual being which look there's nothing wrong with that like you can demonstrate your sexual attraction for someone and that shouldn't be you know ridiculed or anything and she definitely demonstrated that towards Eric there was an obvious attraction there she acted upon it um she would say innuendos and he would catch it and kiki key and apparently because it wasn't shown on camera to us but behind cameras they actually did kiss so there was an exchange of more sexual activity that's beyond words it was it actually reached a point of physicality right so now we reach a point where my tongue is massaging yours my tongue 
is massaging yours. Okay. Now, at this point, I would assume both parties are in agreement. Sometimes you don't have to say things, right? You don't have to discuss, hey, do you mind if I touch you, right? Like, okay, I get it. We live in a time when, you know, me too, we have to maybe um, just make that make that a, a question rather than an expectation or whatever. But I think, though, prior to even getting there, if you've reached a point in your relationship where we've we've moved past the word and, you know, the word play and, you know, the tease of it all. Oh, we kissed. OK, we kissed. And obviously, if we're kissing our hands, not to say that his hand was immediately on her ass, but I'm sure his hand was around her waist when they were kissing. I'm sure her hands were on his chest and around his waist when they were kissing, right? There was a closeness there, right? I'm sure she felt his his penis rising, okay? Esperanza rising. I, I'm sure he felt that. I'm sure she felt that. <laughs> so I wish the Kia would be forthcoming in, in saying specifically how he touched her. I don't know if they're, like, obligated or contractually um, – forced to not do that so I, I wonder about that but I just wish they would fucking say it like what the hell man um I think though the reason why it went as far as it did is because he touched her in a way that made her feel uncomfortable and it was done in public with a group of the other cast members now had no one else been there I don't know. I don't know she'll still have it. I don't think it will be that much of a reaction. I feel like she'll be like, dang, you gotta touch me like that. Like, I think there's a way to play it off without making it seem like he was disrespecting her, which I just genuinely don't think he was. Now, this is not me trying to side with the man. I just think um, it's just hard to read. You know, there's blurred lines for a reason. Like, that that term is real. And it's not to say one is right, the other is wrong. It's not that. I'm not trying to downplay Dakia and her feelings. I'm not trying to uplift Eric and his actions. I think, though, it's understandable how lines were blurry, and it led to him touching her in a manner that made her feel uncomfortable. It, it, it under, it's it makes some sense to me how that could have happened. Especially since prior to that touch, she made a comment like, oh, you know, is this a high school prom? Like, why are you just holding me like this? So, not like, you know, like, what? <laughs> okay, okay, bitch, I'll be crying from the pussy. Like, <laughs> like, obviously not, but like, I'm sure he just thought, okay, the natural step would be to X, Y, and Z, right? Now, I do appreciate that Dakia said he's not a bad guy. I don't, I'm not trying to pay him, paint him as such. But even though she said that in those words verbatim, it still doesn't take away from the fact that she said other words that led to the description of defaming his character, like, you could say all you want about, oh, but you're not a bad guy, though. 
But then you, in, in the next breath, you're like, but he made me feel very uncomfortable. I told him to not touch me like that, and he did anyway. Does that sound like a bad guy? Yes, it does. Like, it sounds like a just a predator, like this creep who just came on to you out of nowhere, and I'm going to grab your pussy. That didn't happen. Like, stop saying one thing and doing the other. I don't know, Takia, at this point... <laughs> Like I said last episode, <laughs> I'm going to wait for the love I deserve. Okay. 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 Do it. Do that then. Do that then. But anyway, Donovan. Donovan is, um, Donovan's strange to me. You know, I didn't realize he was attractive until like later on in the season. I think initially what turned me off about him was he had this, like, cabbage patch face. Like, are you a doll? What's going on? And it was just hard for me to kind of tell him. I don't know. But until I saw his height, until there were scenes where we saw his full self, I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I get how he made it this far. I get that he made it to – I understand how he made it to the end. Now, do I believe him in Carmen? I – no, I, I don't. That's the answer. But what I do believe about that, I don't think it's a genuine, like, quality, I'm really trying to wife you down or just being this long-term relationship. I don't think it's one of those. I think it's just like, look, we made it to the end. I do find you attractive. You find me attractive. You know, we just here. You know, I don't think there's an intention for something further. I think they're just fucking around. I think Carmen is a sexual being, which is totally fine. And I think Donovan is just like, hey, you know, you fine. You know, you th- you thick. He likes that, apparently. Well, you know, you can like a thick woman like Carmen and then in the next breath, like a Sabrina who is petite, okay? So, anyway, I think Donovan is, um, I think he lacks depth to me. Like, I think he just doesn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe his personality just didn't show enough in the season. So maybe I could be wrong. Obviously, I'm sure he has a personality, but I, I didn't see it enough. Just like to me, I think I think Donovan had more of a personality than, than Demetrius, the other D. Demetrius just sits there, bare face. Like, are you okay? Like he literally never smiles, and when he does, it just feels like this like slick, smooth, cool guy smile. It just feels weird, but. What I didn't appreciate about this episode of the reunion is that they paint, I, I guess the way that Tommy, the host, was was presenting, maybe he was trying to be funny, but the way that he was talking about Sabrina was, uh, I think it was a little off-putting for me. Now, I obviously did not agree with how Sabrina carried her her love interest, her connections throughout this season. I think she did play all those niggas. I think she <laughs> played them for, for fiddle. Um, uh, so I think though, you know, there's some accountability there and I think we see that or we saw that a little bit when she said in hindsight, she would have done this different, yada, yada, yada. So I appreciate that. But I think though, she's this, um, there's this like, I don't, there's this like label put on her because she had three men at the same time. Like you can't blame her for having three niggas fall for her like hey shout out to you like I think that's that just shows a lot about I don't know these men 
But ultimately, she seems to be, she has a lot of growing up to to do. Personally, I think she has to really reflect on her own self. I think she's so quick to give feedback and criticism to everyone else or to those love interests, Donovan, Demetrius, and uh, Tori. But she doesn't recognize that within her own self. Now, in this reunion episode, we see her showing a little bit more accountability, which I appreciate seeing. But, yeah, I think ultimately she she was she didn't really handle her connections as well as she could have. I don't think it's fair to fault her for having three connections and liking all of them, you know, in different ways, but at around the same amount um, at the same time. I don't think that's okay. It's a fucking show. What's the big deal? Now, um, the next episode we see Clifton get on his knee. Now, a theory came up when I was looking at some reviews is that instead of it being a ring in that box, it's actually just a key. And this key is to is to propose for her to move in, move in with him. So this is a theory. We'll see if it comes true. Um, because at the, really, like, is he really going to propose? But, you know, I won't even be too, too surprised. He is... Uh, a two-time divorcee, divorcee, uh, that's French, right? That's kind of French. You see how we just kind of French words up, like, divorcee, like, I don't know. But I I feel like Clifton is this, just, he falls for, for love hard, which I, I admire, I, I appreciate, I, I I love that. Like, you know, when you like someone or you love someone, you you go in. And I appreciate seeing that from men. So it's nice seeing that because I could relate to that. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was actually a wedding ring. Like, oh my gosh, already so soon. But you know, they're at a particular age. They're all around the same. Well, except for Wiley, 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 uh, except for him. But Clifton and Joy are of the same age range and. I think at some point in your life, when you know, you know. Like, I don't I don't object to getting married within the next, like, within three months or six months at that um, to the person you're dating. Shit. Hello? <laughs> like, you, let's go to the court of justice today at this point. Like, that's shit. That's fine by me. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if... He did propose. I think it's sweet. I think he is like a lover boy. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think ultimately, I'm I'm still on the side of joy. I get how she came off, and you know her laughing out loud when Donovan made that joke with the Golden Girls. That shit was funny though. <laughs> that shit was funny. They look like the Golden Girls, but I mean they were pretty though. They're pretty girls, so. It's just their their attire, but either way, and it was literally gold. It was shimmering in their dress. So it was just like an easy reach. It was funny. It was funny. Okay, let's speaking of women, let's talk about the creation of the modern women or the modern woman. So singular. Um, I came across this post on Instagram Live, and it's from a former writer of Cosmopolitan, which is a magazine that targets women and 
women's lifestyle, women's rights, and women's beauty, and health, and relationships. It's just a target for women. Now, I don't know if Cosmopolitan is still in publication. I know magazines are not much of a thing anymore. Um, Like, people don't really collect magazines anymore. Like, it's not really a thing. So I don't know how Cosmopolitan is doing. But I remember growing up, Cosmopolitan, I used to... Um, just read through the magazines. My dad never purchased magazines for me. I remember we would be in the um the the grocery line waiting to check out with our you know our items, and I'd be like, "Oh, can I get this magazine? No, put it back." Like he never really saw value in it, right? Which is fine. Like I get it. It's whatever. But yeah, I never had a stack of magazines, you know, laying around. And the magazines that I did come across were the ones that I would read when I was at the hair salon or when I was at my cousin's house. Like that was a thing there. But other than that, I never purchased magazines. Like my parents never, my dad did not do that. Like, no, put that shit down. We're not taking that. So... Anyway, Cosmopolitan is a magazine that targets women. And this former writer admits that there was an agenda at one point for a long period of time for women to live like men. Now, I don't know if I could find a clip for it to play it so so it could sound right, but I'm going to do my best to just paraphrase what she said here. And what she said basically is that um, we wanted to empower women, right? That's the that's the scapegoat that was put upon women at, at a certain point, at a certain period, and even still to this day. But it started as marks in these types of propaganda, and the point was to like, hey, you know, women could do this just like a man can maybe even better and here's a way for women to live like men is by promoting reproductive rights right which is specifically abortion rights right so hey this is going to be pleasing to the boss because the boss is typically a man and the man boss the male boss is going to um, feel more comfortable hiring this woman because this woman is quote-unquote progressive she falls under this um, idea of women needing to focus more on her career women not needing to be domesticated anymore of women not wanting or caring to have and rear children and it all stems from this notion of I can I could do anything better than you anything you can do I can do better I can do anything better than you no you can't yes I can't no you can't and became this like fight Right. Like I'm I could do things just like you can, man. And for so long, this was this this push. Right. More women in the workforce, more women aborting their babies because, hey, if I don't have to worry my boss that I'll be out for maternity leave, then I'll be able to get this promotion. Then I'll be able to make partner. Then I'll be the CEO, CFO. Like I can make it higher. I could climb this social ladder and really be this respected figure in this field. But in order for that to happen, 
I have to be like a man. Now, look how patriarchy comes about. Isn't that interesting? Like, in order for that to happen, I have to be more like a man. I have to think like a man. I have to, um, sure, I could use my my lady charm, right? I, I could use my sexual appeal that's natural as a woman, but I have to think like a man. I have to move like a man. I have to strategize like a man. And the way that that looks is not catching feelings, right? Not um, getting attached, having casual sex, being promiscuous, being more career focused and driven and ambitious. And it's funny because this is making it seem like women, women just naturally can't be career focused, right? Like, hey, you're a woman. You should only focus on your children. I think, though, when we fail to realize the parts that we play and we like to mesh that in with, well, I could do it just like you can, right? Well, I'm just as strong as you. We fail to realize who we are and who we were created to be. Like, we were created differently for a beautiful reason. And to that, that has been tainted, that has been spoiled in the society, and it has infiltrated the minds of many women thinking that, well, in order for me to be successful, I have to be a man, I have to be a bitch, right? Oftentimes you hear celebrities, female celebrities who said they had they were called a bitch or they had to become a bitch because they decided to be assertive or aggressive and, you know, get their points across. And unfortunately, they were painted as this like angry or bitchy type of female because of that. And it's like why can't we still get the respect that we deserve with our natural womanly charmed, you know, charmed self? Like, why can't, why does me being assertive take away from my femininity? Why does me being aggressive take away from my femininity? Like, why can't two things be true? Why can't I still be a lady and still be a boss? Why can't I still be a mother and still be a fierce worker in this field that I'm in? You know, um, I remember what Bethany Frankel, Frankel, Bethany Frankel, shout out to Real Housewives of New York. In case you guys watch it, you'll know who I'm talking about. But she was, she's a, she's a legend, okay? She's a legend of that show. One of the legends of the Real Housewives franchise I stand for Bethany. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> if you know, you know. That episode with Kelly Ben Simone. Oh my God. Classic. 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 Like there was that time period of Real Housewives of New York. Really just, it changed my life. <laughs> I'm so serious. Because that, that came on. That season in particular, I had to have been like 16, 17. And I was just like riveting off of these reality shows like, oh, my gosh. It, 
Yo, riveting, rivet. I think I should just like go ahead and just like go back in time and just binge those episodes because my God, they don't make them like that anymore. Like seriously, that was a that was a fucking season. Kelly Bensimo, okay, Bethany, like go to sleep. <laughs> okay, so where was I? Bethany Frankel, she was a late in life mother. Okay. What I mean by that is she had all of her heart's desires, quote unquote. I'm going to get to why I'm saying quote unquote, because um, towards like the end of her 30s, and I, I even want to say early 40s, she finally had her first child. And it came after her meeting this guy who was seemingly this prince, this prince charming, not an actual prince, but like. He just came off like a really good guy. Um, turned out to be a really crazy guy. Oh, my gosh. And watching that unfold on the damn show, ooh, that was crazy. But prior to that, it was lovely to see. Oh, my gosh. Look at her. She's an older woman who was still able to, you know, have a child. Um, I don't know if she got IVF, but she was able to, to carry and birth a child. And she got married um, she did it like, um, like in the traditional sense, but actually she was pregnant in that wedding dress, but either way, like she still got that image. Like she, she was able to create that narrative for herself and it was just so inspiring, right? Like, wow, you know, look at her. She's a boss, right? She's fierce in her career. She was finally reaching a point um, financially and professionally where she was gaining traction and she created this amazing product that led to her selling it for less than a billion, like a little bit under a billion. Like she got money, bank, she's good. Her child's good. Okay. So, but it's just seeing her trajectory throughout the show, like those who watch Real Housewives of New York. Now I know I have 77% of male listeners, but look, if you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but either way, maybe you came across this this uh, this particular franchise. But with Bethany Frankel, she was the poor one. She was the poor one of this of this franchise. She literally, she was the broke one. She was the one, um, like living in the guest house of one of the castmates, um, or even her her summer house. She was living in the summer house of one of the castmates who was she who she was best friends with at the time, Jill Zarin. And they were like she was the brokey. She was the one who was like the charity case that Jill Zarin kind of took under her wing and she kind of felt this like super, uh, superiority complex towards her because she she was, you know, Bethany was the broke friend. And for her to be on this show, Real Housewives of New York City, it just first it took a lot of guts to like, wow, you're presenting yourself as the broke one, right? And you're, you know, the only one in this cast that don't come from money, don't didn't grow up with a spoon, a silver spoon, a spoon at all. I don't think she had any dishware, no utensils. But either way, she was the broke one, okay? And um, she came from a harsh upbringing, um, alcoholic home, a strange relationship with her, her with her mom. Like this, she came from rough beginnings. She's a white woman, and not to say white women can't, but I'm just saying like she was she was 
one of the white women on the cast and to see this reflection of a white woman who was the broke one and who came from a, a harsh upbringing and who made that very just like obvious in the way that she carried herself. Like Bethany was the harsh one and um, like kind of hard and rough around the edges. Um, so we see her kind of just grow. Like I was watching her grow. My 16 year old self was watching this, this 38 year old woman finding her path, finding her way while navigating through financial hardships and, um, trying to push forward a product that she believed in. And it finally worked. It finally paid off. And she, you know, she's reaping, the the success of her product which is amazing but she was missing the the connection of love of, of a partner of a husband and she wanted those things she wanted a child um but she didn't have that at that point until she finally met her ex-husband now I think he's her ex-husband because they've been on this like divorce fight for years either way so they got married, they had this baby, and Bethany Frankel, she even got a talk show. Um, she doesn't have any more. It only lasted for a season. I don't think that season even, like, completed. But either way, she she um, she um kept on professing, you can do it all. I'm living proof that you can do it all. You could be a boss. You can make so much money in your career. You could, you know, be so fierce in your career, and you could be a wife and a mother and yada, yada, yada. And um, that wasn't true. <laughs> that that didn't that didn't turn out well. Okay, it didn't age well. It it didn't. Uh, Bethany, Bethany, hun, what are, what can you say now? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are plenty of examples. And I'm talking about like really strong in your career. I'm not talking about, oh, you got a little side job, right? Maybe you're, I'm not, I'm not going to say a specific career because I don't want to like shoot at anybody, but I'm just saying like, there's a difference, right? Like being a CEO of your company or any company and still being, um, just like a present, amazing wife, you know, having a lovely, healthy, successful marriage and having children whom you are, you know, present with and you're rearing and you're, you know, you're just indulging in the, just the motherhood of it all. <sighs> okay, like, I think oftentimes we don't recognize just the beauty in being a lady. Just the beauty of it, of it all. And with this rhetoric that Bethany Frankel at one point was pushing, it just made it seem like, you know, yes, all you, you can, you know, think like a man and act like a lady and have a happy life. And it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, I did buy that book, uh, book. Sorry. I did buy that book. Um, act like a lady, think like a man by Steve Harvey. That was during a time in my life when I was like, so into like these like self-help books and like, you tell me what I need to work on myself. You tell me. <laughs> like, what? I mean, I got to go through things and, you know, to get to a place where you are comfortable with who you are. But anyway, I I was so into that book. I read it. Um, I just, you know, I like the whole, what was one of the pieces of advice he would say? He was like, don't have sex 
um, this is like probationary period. You know how you start a new job. You're not supposed to like fuck up within the the first 30 days or is it 60 days? It's one or the other, maybe even 90 days. But I think he said probably 60, let's say 60. And the goal in his, in his book, he was uh, giving the advice that you shouldn't have sex with a man whom you're serious about, whom you would like to marry and for him to take you seriously. You should not have sex with him prior to the 60 day mark. And I'm like, I was just so, I, I took that in. I, I soaked that up. Like, okay, don't have sex. <laughs> the 60. Ah! I'm sorry. What? I failed that all the way through. Like I just look <clears throat> and there was a, this, uh, you guys know Tamar Braxton. Tamar Braxton, the sister of Tony Braxton. Um, you know, she had a, I don't know if she still has a singing career, but she has a few solo albums on her own. And um, she had a reality show with her husband, who is now her ex-husband. But Vince was her husband at one point for a couple of years, and they have a child together, a young son. I think he's probably like a couple of years older now. But um, she said when she met Vince, Vincent Herbert, um, she decided not to have sex with him so soon. And they waited, like, a, a period of time to have sex. And she said that she did that for a purpose because she didn't want to make him think that she wasn't serious or that he shouldn't, like, or that he couldn't take her seriously if she gave it up too quickly. And she was, like, using that as the reason why they got married and they lived this happily ever married life together because they waited and I don't think it was like some like religious thing I think it was just like I'm just gonna do things differently because I remember uh, Tamar saying that prior to meeting Vincent she would have sex um maybe too soon with previous guys and she she just wanted to do things differently this time around and her doing it differently this time around um led to her getting married to him so she felt like that contributed to that which okay I can kind of understand that like oh I did something you know you do you know how you do things the same the same way but you're expecting different results that's insanity so she wanted to break out of that insanity and see what can be done to get me the outcome that I want, which is a marriage, which is a family. And so she did get that outcome for a certain period of time. But I don't know if you guys watched that reality show, Tamar and Vince. They had the, first of all, let's talk about that. Um, the, was it the, the soundtrack, the theme song. Yeah, my Monday and my Friday. Oh, oh, oh. It was a really beautiful song. Like, wow. I used to just watch it just because of that. But I used to watch it. Um, it came out during my UNH years, my undergraduate years. And me and my roommate um, would watch it together and, like, talk about it. It was, like, a really, like, nice time to talk about it. But, like, their marriage was trash. <laughs> what? <laughs> their marriage was fucking trash. And... Uh, and look, I'm saying all this to say there's these like rules that, you know, the, the whole rule book that Steve Harvey made, you know, and, and advise for women to follow. Hey, look, act like a lady, but think like a man. Don't have sex 
you know, not like men think like that, right? They have sex quickly too. But the point is to like strategize like a man, be be meticulous like a man. And it was just like all of these like pointed out rule books. When is it doesn't guarantee anything. That's what I want to get across everyone. It doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't. You know, and and me now diminishing my femininity or denying myself from sexual gratification. Now, look, I do understand the point in delayed gratification. I do think you should, you know, practice that a little bit more. This is the podcast on Kel Black, okay? I've <laughs> definitely opened it up, okay, night one. And I don't regret it. Like, I don't think it's something that is regrettable. Now, what I do want to get into, though, I don't want to say regret, but I do wish I was not promiscuous at one point, right? And I, I was doing it under the under the pretext of, what was it, pretense? But I was doing it under this, like, idea of, well, I could be like a man and have casual sex too, right? I'm in charge of my pussy. I could decide who I connect with and who I don't and who I fall for and who I don't. And though oftentimes that can be true, right? Oftentimes you can have casual sex with someone and it not be a thing where um, you're like, you know, let's get married tomorrow, but sometimes it's not true, right? Sometimes you do find yourself more attached to someone because you gave it up. And now we're binded by this oxytocin. You know, our hormone, well, my hormones is more, you know, it's more hormonal, of course. And now I, I'm, I'm really liking you. I want to be with you all the time. But I didn't really get to know you. Right? I don't really know you like that. You never really call me. We don't really talk like that. We just fuck. Yeah, I'm really liking you for what? For what? You know, and that's how it was with Boston Bay. Like, it was this, like, I, I made up this narrative in my mind, like, okay, if I have sex with him more, he's going to like me more. <laughs> Which is, like, hilarious now. But that was just like, that was my way of rationalizing it and thinking that he will be this, like, this figure in my life. And, you know, I think had I withdrew sexually, I would have been more inept to really, like, walk away and not have waited as long as I did because obviously I waited a long, a long time to finally walk away. Y'all know, I, you know, I took you guys through the journey on this podcast about him. Every other episode, like, okay, so we're back together. We're not. <laughs> but, you know, thank God for freedom. I'm free. But, I, you know, I, I think, though, with this whole creation of the modern woman, it does promote this culture of promiscuity, of casual sex, of, you know, detachments. You know, I'm not going to attach myself to you, but we could fuck, though. Um, but, yeah, like, recently I've just been learning more about or just been embracing more of 
the strong connection that sex is. And I just want to say maybe particularly for women. I, I know it could be for men as well, but I do believe that men are wired differently than than uh, women when it comes to that. And I think women are more naturally. I know there's, you know, there's the outliers. Of course, there are some women who don't. And some women do really be like men. I get it. But typically, we are more attached and we get more attached and possessive after we do have sex with you. So it makes sense to me to be more restrictive and reserved when it comes to opening my legs. Like, I think that needs to be more of the conversation than the push for promiscuity. So I do regret that time. I do. I'm going to say that. You know, I know we don't like to say, don't regret anything, yada, yada, yada. And I get it. It makes you who you are today, yada, yada. But still, if I could take it back, I would. Right? If I could take a couple bodies back, I would. If I could just give it right back to you, I would. Because <laughs> I do believe there's an exchange. There's in um, just a, a delivery of spirits put into me because ultimately I am receiving you. Right? The dick is coming inside of me. I'm not giving you the pussy. I mean, ultimately, it's consensual, of course. But, like... There's an insertion that's happening, and the assertion has happened because of your dick. Hello? Is the mic on? So that is my issue with the creation of the modern women. We see that a lot um, just throughout times in the society that we're in. And to have this admittance from a former writer of the Cosmopolitan really made this clearer to me. Like, it really solidified just the propaganda that is intentional and that is in attack towards women. Like, it's ultimately, it's still the patriarchy, right? It's the supreme patriarchy that is still trying to um, just dominate women, you know, you start off with <laughs> Leah Thomas coming in saying she feels like a woman. So now she's going to compete with women, even though she was born a man and still is biologically a man. And that will never change because she is a man. Okay. okay? So how does that make sense? Right. You still have this infiltration of men wanting women to not be women, um, and to, de and to deny their femininity and to deny, um, just all of that. So I, you know, I just think ultimately we have this, this is lack of, like this lack of embrace for women being women and men being men. I don't know if you guys noticed the the recent trend of women shaving their head bald. Um, we see that with Jada, of course. Jada kind of started the conversation again. But that this has been happening for a while now. So not late then at one point, shaved her head bald. And, you know, look, she's a beautiful woman regardless. Same with Jada. But as you know, at least for black women in particular, our hair really is our crown it's our glory hole <laughs> if you say so 
But it really, it holds so much um, reverence. It holds so much power ancestrally. It holds so much spirituality. And I think there's something happening there. Like, I don't, I haven't solved the puzzle yet, but I think there's something there. And I'm not even just talking about, um, like, cutting your hair your hair short, like a Halle Berry type of hairstyle, right? I'm talking about, like, bald, like, be, like knock on the knock on the wood bald you know like head so shoulders knees and toes bald that's what I'm talking about so Weedy is one of the the recent women in the industry who have who have um you know shaving her head and like you know celebrities are the the trendsetters they're the ones who's going to influence the public the common man the common woman to behave and dress and act a certain way so seeing the celebrities doing this is going to infiltrate into the common man and the common woman why is that so i'm gonna get into that some uh, a little bit more and see specifically what power is being is being held from women yet again like again we're not allowing ourselves to really walk into our femininity like our hair is part of that femininity you know like our hair I think sometimes we like to put on this show like oh it's just hair or it's just hair it'll grow back no it won't like let's be fucking honest here like the way my hair used to grow when I was a kid compared to my hair now. And now, look, I'm grateful that I still have luscious, thick, full hair, okay? Because a lot of women my age or some women my age don't have that. Some of them, you know, like, I know some women who have very thin hair and it's just, like, natural to, like, that's their DNA. So I recognize that, you know, that's a privilege that I have. I, I just, in my DNA, it's just thick hair, thick Haitian hair. But hair don't always grow back. Hair does not always grow back. Or not the, not in the rapid way that we like to chalk it up to be. Or like we, you know, I, I know it's in like social media, there's this tendency to like downplay hair. Like, oh, it's just hair. Girl, what? Like, and all the chemicals we put in our hair, I don't put in it anymore, thank God. But this is influencer that I, I follow on Instagram, and she has thick hair like mine, but she stay coloring it. Like, girl, your hair's going to fall the fuck out. Your hair's falling out, and I can already see it falling out. Like, I can already see that it's not as thick and luscious as it once was a couple of, you know, Instagram posts back, like, it's not the same type of hair. You could you could see it not the same vitality. Yet she's presenting this whole, oh, it's just hair. It'll grow back. And so, she, you know, my style just needs to trim a little bit on the ends. No, she needs to trim it because it was breaking off. Hello? Because you're coloring it too much. Let, let it be. Let it just grow as it is. Look. And I think this, you know, this is sensitivity, of course, around here because, you know, it frames your face. It frames your, 
your beauty. It's the first thing you see aside from your hair, from your face. Like you see the hairstyle. You see, you know, just like with my coworker. Oh, I see you. You have your natural hair out. Like, shut up. Can you shut up? <laughs> Who has got a fucking comment? Damn. Do you have your lesson plan or not? The fuck? Why are you looking at my bra again? Yes, it's showing. I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a bra. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Like, can we stop? Anyway, it's just, you know, I think um, something's going on. Something's going on. I want you to protect your hair, ladies. Protect your hair. This is for the few of you who do listen. I do appreciate y'all. But protect your hair. Embrace your hair. Luxuriate your hair. You know, decide to, oh, I'm going to curl it today. I'm going to wear it in a pony. Like, let your hair be, be loved on. Don't just shave it off because it's, it's beauty. It is a part of your beauty. And I know, you know, I get it. It's a tricky subject because, you know, there's a lot of um, medical conditions that, impact hair um hair growth hair loss and it impacts women in particular so I get that but I'm not talking about that right aside from that I think for those for women who don't have the 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 misfortune of having a medical condition that impacts their their hair right like alopecia or x y and z why not embrace this blessing I think it's a part of the blessing, and we and we tend to like see it as a minuscule thing, like oh, it's just hair. It's not fucking just hair, like, and you know that song in DRE. I am not my hair. I am not this. It's a really beautiful song, though. I get it. I get her point. I do get it. But even her, she she shaved her head ball. <laughs> like, what the fuck y'all shaving your head for? And I get it. Like, you know, this, well, I don't know if I get that part yet. I don't, I don't know. There's this like idea that your hair carries energy. Like it carries, it carries, right? And if you're going through a hard time in your life, like remember when Jada Pinkett Smith, I forgot her name in the movie, but in Set It Off, when she shaved her head bald after she got away with the crime and she was just trying to new, live a new life and move to Mexico, um, she shaved her head and that was her way of like releasing old feelings and thoughts and her now embracing this new look. And it was also her way of kind of getting, getting away with the crime. <laughs> Right. Like she needed to get into a whole new physical identity. So that that was also a plus. But aside from that, though, I think, you know, just stop shaving your head. I get it. Not supposed to say that. Oh, my gosh. Hair is just hair. It's just hair. No, it's not just hair. Hair is fucking political, dog. Like when when my hair was locked, when I had locks. It was always a fucking conversation. Like, it was always, it was anything, anything I did with my hair. Like, when I had locks, when I reverted to my natural hair after I cut off my, and I get it, like, sometimes when you have to cut off your hair because you want to start new and grow your hair from a fresh, natural state. Like, 
that's what I had to do when I was growing out my relaxed ends and I wanted to only have natural hair from here on out. And I never looked back since. I haven't put on um, a relaxer or any chemical in my hair since I've gone natural. And this was 2013. So it's been a couple of years. And I love that I made this decision. But that was for that reason. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to shave my hair because Jada Pinkett Smith did it. No, I'm shaving my hair. I'm not shaving. I didn't shave it off. I just cut off the relaxed ends. And I had a twa, teeny weeny afro, a twa, um, for the purpose of only having natural ancestral hair coming out of my, my head. So that was that purpose. But aside from that, it was just... Yeah, it was still embracing for me. Like, I love playing with my hair. I love recognizing, oh, wow, like, I can't take care of my natural hair. And, you know, I can't embrace this. And I can't love this. Like, it was a self-love thing. Now, you know, I see a lot of women just like, ah, I'm going to shave it off. Well, why? You know, think about that. Um, if you're familiar with the biblical story of Samson, who had really thick hair, thick, luscious hair. And I think he actually had locks, which confirms that there were black people during the biblical era. Now, I'm still kind of doing research. I don't know. But sometimes sometimes I just go back and forth like, who was black in the Bible, right? Like, who, who, you know. But, you know, one could argue black people has been from the beginning of time. I get it. But I want to see that clearly stated. Did I miss it in the Bible? Who was the black one? So I think Samson had to have been the black one because he had locks. He had thick, luscious hair. And his hair held so much power um, for him. Like, it was the source of his strength. And one of the women, the a promiscuous, a prostitute actually, or a sex worker, right? That's a political a correct term to say. <laughs> like the hoe over there. Yes. Okay. Um, no, but the sex worker, she, um, she was put on an agenda to, to, um, seduce him, have sex with him and cut off a lock of his hair a good amount of his hair actually. So she cut off a couple of locks of his hair after she had, after they had sex and he's deep in slumber, she bang, 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 cut it off. And she took that with her and that took away his strength. Go, go in the Bible y'all. Or just look it up. Like you'll find the story. It's a really amazing story. And it just speaks to the power of our hair. So even with men, like I know men, you know, not always have, like, hair like women, but there are a lot of men who do lock their hair up. There's this guy that I follow on Instagram who locks his hair. It's like how, you know, how Jay-Z hair looks like now, you know, this whole Basquiat type of aesthetic, which is like, you know, okay, fine, but can we, can you just fucking shake that off? (laughs) I'm saying all this just, just to say that. No, but anyway... Yeah, this guy, he has a Basquiat-style hair. And it it gives you a statement, right? Like, he walks into a room, and it's instantly in your face. And that's the power of hair, right? Like, it makes you recognize who the fuck you talking to. 
it kind of makes that stance clear. So I think about just with him, you know, like men also have that power if they decide to grow out their hair, but typically that's not, you know, made for men to do so. Like men can if they want to, but not, you know, not every man. Like I think you have to have a little bit more estrogen to grow out hair. I really do. And not to say like, you know, men who grow out hair are gay. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying like I think you may have a little bit more estrogen. Estrogen. That's a hard word. Estrogen. Say that right now. Say it right now. Estrogen. But yeah, I think women have, you know, more hair. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, I think, you know, protect your hair, ladies. Don't don't think like a man. Be a lady. There's power in that and that alone. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to be manipulated. I'm not saying all men are manipulated. But I'm just saying like this whole like just diminish who you are. Like God made you powerful just as you are as a woman. Stand in that. Stand up. Okay. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I am so grateful for every listen. If you would like to sound off on any topic, click the link in the in the description notes and you will, um, you know, be given a, a minute to sound off to anything that I discussed. Tell me what you think about hair. You know, do you like the trend? You know, if you're a man listening to this, do you like a bald headed bitch? Like what's going on? I want to know. I want to know. Um, if you would like more content, subscribe to the Patreon. The link is also in the description notes, patreon.com slash God built this, and you'll pick out the tier that works best for you. We are also available on Google play, no Google podcast, Google podcast. That's what it's called. Google podcast. So if you happen to prefer Google podcasts, then Spotify, then you could check me out there. Um, but yes, we are still on Apple podcast, Spotify, but now we are also on Google podcast. So check that out. Let me make sure. Is it Google podcast or Google playlist? Google pod. Yeah, Google Podcasts. That's it. I'm making sure. I'm gonna make it sure. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless. <laughs>